Hey everyone, today is Daily Cyber number 237. I've got Al White, uh, an expert in the field of technology cybersecurity. Uh, he's from the WRI Canada. He's the managing director. Today we're going to have some conversations about WRI, SaaS, and just what what's going on with the industry when it comes to the pandemic and everything that's going on. So grab a coffee, grab a tea, and let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. Hey Al, how's it going? Oh, just fine, Brandon. Thank you so much for uh, for inviting me on. I'm thrilled to be here. You know, thank you so much. It was great. We I know we had an original conversation, kind of what was going on with the industry and, and a little bit about cybersecurity. How are things going with you? You know, things are things are starting to pick up. Um, quite honestly, when the pandemic hit and everything shut down, so did all the uh, so did that, the cybersecurity projects. Um, with the type of products that I carry, all the projects that people got involved in were new ones. Right. And um, so, other than you know, they were renewing licenses and and doing things like that. Not a lot of organizations were spending time or could spend time talking about new cybersecurity projects. So things quite honestly died for me for, uh, for a number of months. Yeah. Um, started to show life again in July, um, a little bit more in August. And, and after, uh, after Labor Day, things started to pick up. So it's, it's, we're getting back to some semblance of normalcy, I think. You think so? Like, do you think now because of companies now, the economy is starting to pick up, things are starting to go now, people are starting to look at kind of investing it back into cybersecurity and, and technology? I, I think so. Plus the fact that, you know, they spent, they spent the first few months getting used to people working from home and making sure that their network could handle the additional uh, traffic and, and, um, and, and just, just trying to figure out what their new normal was. So as a result, um, a lot of people wanted to have conversations, but you know, company, uh, the uh, C-level wouldn't, uh, wouldn't release funds for new projects. And, and so things really just died. Yeah. And despite what I was telling them about the fact that the bad guys were working overtime as soon as you sent everybody home, you know, they wanted to do stuff, but they just, their hands were tied. Now, what, 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 what type of risk do you say is associated to that? Like if the bad guys are working overtime now, the good guys are just swamped. What do you see like some of the risks? Well, I, I see the risk uh, um, as um, actually it's 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 huge right now um, with the number of people that are working from home. They're they're sitting behind home uh, routers that have no security. Um, they're uh, they're not used to uh, a lot of them anyway. Are not used to get a, or calling in remotely, and um, and, and so there's there's all kinds of. Uh, uh, of opportunity for the bad guys to jump in there and and, and to steal data and, and to to compromise organizations, it's it's a very scary time right now. I think anyway. So now you um, talked about like modems, like home home users. Modems are kind of one of the things like modems and routers and pe like people have at home. What what's that concern? Of, like in, if there's some home users that are here that have now transitioned, what are some concerns that sh they should be looking at? Well, first of all, I think that the, the number one thing they should be doing is making sure that their antivirus is up to date. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've been reading that a lot of people have not either don't have antivirus or don't have it up to date. Um, so that's a first start. Um, the organization hopefully has set them up on some sort of virtual private network so that they aren't uh, just 
traversing the internet to get to uh, get to the corporate resources. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of training that has is involved in making sure that people don't fall into the traps that are all over the place out there, especially out in the wild in the internet. It's it's absolute crazy times out there. Now you're saying the traps. Like, what what's some examples of traps they have to be mindful of? Well, you know what? I I quite honestly I fell into one myself a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know what what the bad guys do in, in a lot of situations is they 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 realize that a lot of people uh, um, are trying to do. 10 things at the same time. And especially right now, you know, a lot of people have their kids at home and they're, they're, you know, they're getting used to working from home. There's all kinds of different distractions. So you're trying to juggle 15 things at the same time while you're, you know, while you're getting access to the corporate network. And then all of a sudden, if a pop-up shows up saying, oh, it's time to update uh, whatever, um, you know, a lot of times, and this is what the one that got me is it was time to update something with pop-up set. So I just clicked OK. And as soon as I clicked OK, I went, oh, no, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> and I ended up with a virus that it, it took two or three different uh, antiviruses to find one that would get rid of that virus on my Mac. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so e- e- now this is something for you guys listening and the guys thinking that, well, IT guys and security guys, they're fine. You know, they, they won't do it. <laughs> Everyone can get caught, right? And that's the, the case. And I'm, I'm no, I'm not innocent for myself. Like I've got caught where there's times where, you know, you're you're deep into something, notification popping up, things are popping up, and you just kind of like you click on it just quickly, right? Not thinking. And fortunate, knock on wood, right? Nothing's happened to me. But after the fact, it's always that. Oh, what did I just click on? What, what was that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's 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 just craziness now. And and I was reading um, just actually just the other day that the uh, the number of cyber attacks that have happened in the first half of, of 2020 are more than what we had all of last year. So uh, so the bad guys are working overtime, and it, it it's just crazy. Um, Which would make sense, right? Because yeah. now, like we, we, and, uh, us as security experts, and I'm sure a lot of people are educated now, the attack surface has changed. It's spread. It it's spread out. Where companies used to have it internally, used to have a control. It used to have perimeter firewalls. You have to, all that, and it's all in this environment. Now, don't get me over that multiple locations, but it's all in this kind of corporate environment. But now you've got everyone spread out. Everyone's like home. Yeah. Everyone's kind of, you know, their own home network. And yes, you know, you talked about VPN. VPN is great for tunneling and, and securing that communication. But what about the home network? Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, and a lot of times on the home network, there's more than just the uh, just the employee using it. The kids are using it. The, you know, the, your spouse is using it. Everybody's using it for different things. Right. And there's so many there's so many traps out there that you can fall into, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's a, a fake website looking for your credentials or, or you know, as we said, a, you know, a pop up or a, um, a browser extension that you use so you can sign off on PDF uh, documents or something like that. Everything potentially has danger involved in it. Right. So now like one thing that I'm seeing, I don't know if you're seeing this as well, is news kind of related, you know, spam, malware, pop-ups, anything along that line where it's like, the latest protests, what's going with COVID-19, yeah. you know, uh, I know when the, the protest when like was really in the newsworthy, whereas Black Lives Matter and all that, where there was some relative news, but then there was stuff that was, you got to question where it's coming from and the validity of the source. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now, now a lot of the bad guys are, 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 are actually putting malicious ads on legitimate sites so you can go to um you know your your samsung uh, um, uh, uh, website and you look to download a, a particular application or 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 you know or, or of course facebook and and google are, are notorious for for advertising that looks like it's legitimate uh, but can be malicious and it's it's you know there's not a lot of tools out there that help you stop uh from making that mistake uh, and I think that's a challenge that you like I saw on Facebook a lot of times when there was concerns about, you know, uh, malicious ads that are being posted, like you said, with, you know, malware involved. But there was no way that for them to actually filter through. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you're seeing yeah. all this information. And then when you go through and if you're you're more connected, 
you kind of look at the URL and it's not CNN.com or city TV or pulse 24. (laughs) It's something else. And you're like, where's this taking me? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, and, um, you know, that is the new battleground in in my books is, is the mobility user, whether it's uh, whether it's a cell phone, whether it's a laptop, whether it's a tablet, whatever the case may be, those, you know, the mobility user is first of all, not, uh, you know, a lot of them aren't used to being mobility users anymore uh, or at this point. And, and um, they are, you know, fresh water for all the bad guys to go after. Um, You know, I, I, I know that, you know, the stats show that over 80% of all breaches start with a fish. And uh, the fishers now, you know, even when before people moved home, fishers were still probably they were 90 percent of phishing emails were stopped, but 10 percent were still getting through. And, um, you know, and it was and obviously they were making money because they were kept they kept doing it. Mm -hmm. But now now they're uh, now fishers are moving from trying to fight all those uh, all the tools that organizations bought to stop them from going and now what they're doing is they're attacking the users as they traverse the internet because there as we were saying there aren't many tools that stop that from happening and uh, so it's it's uh, you know it it is and so instead of fighting tools that stop what the what the fishers are doing is they're going after the weak link which is the user Mm -hmm. because again we're not used to that and we're trying to do eight million things at the same time and uh it's uh it's it's becoming very very lucrative for them which is pretty crazy when you when you look at the whole scheme of things that yeah it's mean you're it's kind of like the animal mentality in the wild right the weakest you know get attacked the weakest are the prey right and it's it's not fair for you know especially in the pandemic where people are going so much stress you know they're overwhelmed with everything that's going on and now they have to worry about being attacked yeah yeah absolutely it's it it is absolute craziness out there and you know the scary part is as much as as you know, we'd like to say that there is, there's no silver, no silver bullet out there that stops these attacks from happening. And, um, you know, whether it's, whether it's an attack when you're, when you're traversing the internet, whether it's, um, you know, uh, uh, an internal user who's, who's now, uh, you know, searching through, looking at, looking at, you know, at, for HR documents. So they know who George next door is making. So in compared to what they're doing, um, you know, whether it's a contract, Actor who's who's left the port open there's there's so many ways that people can get attacked these days it's it it really is crazy and um you know it it it, it one of the things that that actually concerns me about it besides you know the obvious fact that there's there's so many ways and and, and that people can get attacked is that there are beginning to be um, a few organizations anyway that that feel like they can just take their chances um, you know it, 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 you know they see their their neighbor who spent half a million dollars on cybersecurity products and they still got hacked right. and so they say well why would I then spend that money when I can get hacked anyway right and and you know the downside of that is the fact that that uh, you know once they get hacked, um, which you know now seems to be inevitable. Um, they don't take into consideration the amount of money that they end up spending because of the hack, or you know whether it's hard dollars or soft dollars. What they're doing is is they're they're um, they're hoping that the news cycle is going so fast these days that once they've been hacked and people find out they've been hacked, there's so many other things going on. They're going to forget how many people even talk about the life labs hack that happened not that long ago right I, you know you rarely hear anything about that or the, the, the desjardins hack or or even the cra hack right. like there's so many different things happening in the news and the news cycle goes so fast that you know some of these organizations think well yeah you know what uh, i'll take my chances and you know for a couple of weeks it might be tough but then people are going to forget and they are um well i think there's another side of, the, of that is that you know, we don't hear about the class action lawsuits and things that are going on the back yes. end too, right? Yep. Where they're, yep. they're actually being sued, but that's not that's not media worthy and it's not being you know in the publication that you're going to see on social media or in the news or the main feeds. Yeah. But those are things that companies have to pay for. And when you look at the company responsibility, I think that's something 
organizations need to think about. Yes, you got your PR and you know your brand reputation and all that is a concern, but the financial responsibility and negligence too. Like you have to think yes. of due care and due diligence, right? Yep, absolutely. And you have to do yes. prudent. You know, and, and we're, I'm studying the CISSP with a colleague of mine, and you have to do a prudent responsibility that with that a normal person in your role would do. Well, if you're just saying I'm not going to do it, well, that's not prudent. No, it's not. And then, no, it's not. <laughs> Which is one of the problems that Life Labs had, right. right? They they didn't want to spend any money on on cybersecurity, and boom, they had to hack. And now there's all kinds of issues around that. And exactly what you're saying, like you know, class action lawsuits. So there's you know there there's and I always when I talk to customers, I always say, look, there's the the cost of a, of a hack. You know, there's hard dollar costs and there's soft dollar costs involved in that, and they're they're absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. So you're way better off to spend a couple hundred thousand dollars up front to you know to do everything you can to stop the hack as opposed to waiting till it happens and then having to pay you have to go through the you know the the lawsuits and and the you know the 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 employees leaving and trying to replace them because there is that's something else we haven't talked about there's there's such a shortage of security talent out there in the marketplace Mm -hmm. It is so hard to replace a good security person. So, you know, if you put them in a bad spot by not providing them with the tools they need and then you get hacked, there's a dozen companies waiting in the wings to hire them and they leave. Right. And that's true. So um, that brings me to, I know you started your company, WRI. Why did you start that company? I know you're working with different organizations. Why did you start your company? Well, I, I started WRI because I spent... 20, 25 of the last 28 years working as the first Canadian employee for different US IT companies. And I started that with US Robotics. And, and from there, I went to, uh, I spent most of my time in networking. It's just the last five years I've been on the security side. But one of the things I learned over those years of working for US companies is that I found that that um, late stage US startups, ones that had you know, potentially disruptive technology and amazing DNA and lots of funding, rarely considered Canada to be a viable marketplace for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it wasn't until either the company got bought or they went public that they brought their products up to Canada. And at that point, our you know, we were paying 40% more for them than we would have paid for them if we bought them when they were still in startup stage. So, um, so I saw that as, as an opportunity um, not just for me to have some some very cool products that that nobody else had, but also for Canadian organizations to be able to to, to be safer longer for less money than they, they than they would be if they waited for this this technology to to eventually get up here. Okay, so you're really kind of trying to you know help support the industry right of knowledge as well as technology and then security. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I I am absolutely um, a, 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 a um, what's the word I'm looking for a um, oh geez it'll come back to me <laughs> I, I lose it with age it's one of those days huh <laughs> yes it is yes it absolutely is <laughs> but it's it's I think you know from hearing you and, and understand like you you've talked about the gaps in the industry you've talked about kind of you know the growth and changes of technology. So having that, I mean, it's so important to have trusted advisors, people that you can trust that are going to guide you. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, you know, I found the word again. I'm an evangelist. That's what it is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, it just takes me a little while. Um, you know, the the scary part is, you know, with the, with the security industry growing as fast as it is, and 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 the the. Um, uh, the number of organizations that are jumping into security there it's 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 become the wild west um not just in terms of products that are out there or, or issues that you're going to run into for 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 end users but also it's the wild west for organizations that are out there promising the world right like you know and, and as i said there's no silver bullets everybody but you know you're you're going to run into organizations I, I i run into them all the time where i talk to it directors and and cso's and they'll say well you know so and so told me that this is going to fix all those problems well no it's not going to fix all those problems and um it's so you know we're fighting um misinformation as well as the bad guys um right. and it, it it can get it can get pretty tiring sometimes <laughs> 
Well, and I think on my side, because I mean, I'm in a sales executive for Usado, and one of the things that you hear is that I'm fine. I'm fine. Yes. My security is fine right now. And don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of companies that are doing their due diligence and have a team. But being fine, you know, has that benchmark, has that level yes. because things change. So I always recommend people is like, you know, just keep in contact. Let me, let me have, you know, a couple minutes of your time just to share what we're doing with other companies. So at least you're at front of mind. Because a lot of times with yes. these security people, they're 20, 30 projects deep. They don't have yes. a lot of time to keep up on what's going on with the trends and everything like that. And that's understandable. That's, that's you know, being empathetic to their situation. Like you said, there's such a shortage in the injury and the ones that are actually in the industry are extremely busy. Yes. Right? So yes, then to keep are. up on, on what's going on, what's the trends. And fortunately, like yourself and myself, we have partners and we have people that we work with that are always advising us what's, you know, what's going on, what to look for, what to be mindful of. And for us to share that information with our colleagues is, you know, our due diligence, right, is to be able to help them because when the situation comes up that, hey, by the way, this is going on, we can say, look, hey, ransomware, this is going, there's a 40% increase, they're, they're attacking these types of in industries, what are you doing, how's your backups, how's your, you know, how's your different solutions, have you done cybersecurity awareness training, you know, have this, here's some things that we're seeing, and this is the, the attack method they're doing, so they're sending out emails about the protest on Saturday, you know, yeah. you know, just be mindful of these coming through. Bingo, right? They see massive value. But the ones are like, we're fine. The ones that those those are the ones for me personally. I'm kind of fearful, kind of like, oh, like if you think you're fine right now, you're probably not, and you're probably exactly. just you're probably just coasting right now to maintain. And you're the yeah. you're the company right now that has potential that you might get compromised. Yes, yes. And I was reading uh, just last week that. Um, uh, the article I was saying said the, the first death has occurred because of a ransomware attack. And there was a ransomware attack on a hospital. Right. And um, one of the uh, one of the patients was an elderly lady. And for, they couldn't get access to, to the medications that she needed. Um, and she passed away. Right. As sad as that is. And, and um, you know, it, it's it, it, it's one of the. Uh, you know, it's the first one I've heard of where somebody has actually passed away as a result. But ransomware has become, you know, is so, so profitable for these bad guys now. And, it, you know, it's not even like the guys have to be all that smart. They just have to get on the dark web and buy a, 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 a ransomware uh, um, software thing that's being sold and boom, away they go and they're going after you. Right. So right. It's, it's, it's readily available and it's, it's scary and people are starting to pay. Well, I think the other side of that is that I've been hearing that from colleagues that I you know do research on the dark web and do research on ransomware. There's actually yep. a companies like they're physical companies where have 24 seven support. You buy the ransomware <laughs> will support you through that and how it works and what's going on and what's happening. And if it's not working, we can show you methods and methodologies of how to make it work and like all that and how to get your cryptocurrency and how to collect it. Like it's this whole process, like company you know, solution, like you'd get like Microsoft, Hey, I have office 365. I'm having problems installing it. Well, it's no different from the <laughs> ransomware now on the dark web. It, I, I'm hearing this and it doesn't surprise me. No, no, not, not at all. When you think about how much money these guys are making, um, you know, if I, if I was a drug Lord, I would, uh, I would put away the drug stuff and, and get into <laughs> ransomware. It's, it's way safer. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you don't have to shoot people. Exactly. Uh, but <laughs> you, can do it from, you can do it from your home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. I was, uh, I was listening to, uh, actually listening to another podcast the other day and they were talking about the, uh, some of the students that have you know, that graduated at the top of their class in, in some of the Eastern European countries. I call them the stands. Right. Uh, yeah. And um, these bad guys are going out and they're, they're, uh, you know, as to lure these kids in, they're offering them Ferraris and Lamborghinis as starting bonuses and, and boom, get out there and, and, and attack some companies. Right. So it's, there's, there's so much money to be made out there. It's, it really is mind boggling. It is. It's pretty crazy. I mean, with ransomware and everything, all the attacks, I know uh, when I, I guess it was like four or five years back, I was at HP and they had like a private event for security experts. And they were show, that was the time they came out that with the wolf, right? the YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen those. Yeah. So then, I have, yes. So then one of them was exactly what you're talking about, how 
uh, they'd be able to compromise a hospital and medical records and go through that whole process of uh, getting access through a printer or a copier, getting the records, printing out certain records, changing the medication, you know, putting the, I think it was the, at the point, it was the director of IT, you know, giving him, you know, uh, medication that you would put him to sleep for a bit. So now he's not even in contact. Right? And then what happens? They put him out, and then all of a sudden they'd con- they'd hack the company. So that's yes. that was the, the first introduction I saw of what you're talking about with the hospitals, and that was four five years ago. And yeah. at that point, you're like you're thinking, okay, hold on, you know, if we weren't in cybersecurity. You kind of think that was a great movie. Yeah, it's like Mission Impossible. Ha <laughs> ha, they're not going to do it. But in being in cybersecurity that we are, we're kind of like, yeah, that's pretty possible. Like that's. Yes. That's realistic. It's not the point where you're thinking like Star Trek where they have a transponder and, you know, they have like, you know, all the devices and you're like, oh, my God, it's so futuristic. There's no way you're going to do that. And now it's like literally like, no, that's that's an access point. They can get in there. They can transverse from there. And, you know, if they start laying man- malware or, you know, anything on the systems, now it's possible. They can lock yeah. down a whole hospital, right? Absolutely. I, I was um, I was I was working with one of my vendors um, a few months ago, and he was saying that they they actually had they, they were working with an organization that had um, uh, they had combination locks that were IT addressable to get into the different um meeting rooms Mm -hmm. and they found that one of them was trying to drop a load onto into the uh uh, into the network so it had been compromised somehow they got access to that and they compromised it so that's the challenge i think when you talk about iot devices right the things that have ip addresses connected and i don't want to kind of call out any companies but i mean we start off with the the you know the baby monitors and companies like that and it just kind of expanded from there that they started to see like Security, and you look at the CIA, confidentiality, data, data integrity, and availability. Availability was, you know, you can access anywhere. You can access it from work, on your phone. You know, you can log in this IP address, and you can see everything that's going on. But the confidentiality and the, and the integrity of the, the data wasn't thought of with these devices. Oh, so, it wasn't. Yeah. So then when it happens, you go, yeah, these guys can walk through. Like, it's just like a... You know, piece of paper, they walk right through and they compromise us. Now, they're recording audio, they're recording video, you know, they have access to the data, whatever that may be. And all the Internet of devices that now you see from heating, lighting to air conditioning to, you know, eventually you look at your fridge and your stove and everything else. These are all access points. They certainly are. Yes. And they can all be attacked. Yeah. It's it's uh, it it is absolutely craziness. Um, And, you know, it it it. the scary part is you can really you can you can hear too much stuff about this and just be absolutely paranoid right. or you you can get overwhelmed by it it's very much like what's happening with the pandemic right you get you get overwhelmed by it and think uh, you know what maybe if i just don't think about it it's not going to happen so it's it's um there's there's um you know, hopefully there's a middle ground we can find in both IT security and the pandemic that keeps people uh, um, aware of what's going on and, and not panicking too much, but staying vigilant, as you were saying, and, and trying to make it as hard as possible for either the pandemic or, or uh, um, attackers to get access to your house or to your business. For sure. And I think that's where it comes to, like, it's always the worst times that these things happen. It's not like, oh, hey... I just did a training course in cybersecurity. I'm just ready. And now they come and hack me and everything's great. No stress. It's always at the times when you least expect it or you're going through the hardest times. Right? Yes. Pandemics on. We're all, you know, people are dealing with a lot of stress and what's going on with financially and the economy and everything like that. Family members might have it. You know, they're going on that. And now there's a breach or now there's an attack. And now you're like, oh my God, I just can't deal with this. It's just too much. And I think, you know, and I, 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 one of the conversations I'm, I'm starting to have more with people is you know, we need to take breaks. We need to kind of, yes. you know, you know, do things for our own self care because people are overwhelmed. Yes, they are. They are, and and that's and, and particularly in IT security right now. There's there's you know they were busy to start with, and now with all of a sudden everybody being remote, and you know trying to make sure that everybody at this remote stays safe, and at the same time you know they've got people like you and I calling them saying, hey, you got to see this new technology. Well, 
when am I going to see it? I'm so overwhelmed. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So it's, it's very hard to get past the noise um, to help these guys get things done when they're, when they're totally overwhelmed. Right. And I think that's where I'm, I'm fortunate. Like for us is it's resource driven, like being an MSSP, right. Yes. Where, where they need resources right now is, you know, for, you know, we're not you know, value added reseller and I've, I've worked with them where they're great and they have new products and new solutions and new services. Uh, with use auto right now, we are a managed security service provider. So when they're short, they need help with compliance. They need help with that. We're there to kind of give them those extra hands and resources to help them through that. Because as you know, like, as you said, they're so deep in everything, forecasting, risk analysis, compliance, you name it like that. They're just so overwhelmed. I mean, I've talked to some C-suite people and they're like, I need a break. I'm going to take a month off. Like, yeah, yes, I just, I just yes. need a break to step away because I've been going 18 to 20 hour days, seven days a week for the last four or five months. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice to be able to take a month off? <laughs> it would. It would be nice. Paid month off. <laughs> but then we'd give the gap to the to the you know hackers and the attackers, exactly. right? And then they'd have even more. If all the security exactly. guys took a month off, it'd be a free for all. It would be. It would be. <laughs> oh yeah. So I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Now I know we were talking about you know uh, deception, and you you were asking a question, and I, I actually want to ask you like, why should companies consider adding deception to improve their security posture? Well, deception is is um, is something that's become more and more mainstream now. Uh, when I first started working with the deception company that I'm working with, um, a lot of organizations, you know, they were very interested in hearing about it, but they said, "Yeah, no, I don't think we're ready for it yet." Well, now it's it's become more and more. Um, uh, a necessity. Uh, when you think about different industries, you know, you think about the military, the military uses deception all the time. Okay. Uh, you think about sports, sports, deceptions being used all the time in, in sports, uh, because it's it's really, really effective. And, and it, it, it gets the bad guys going the wrong way. And that's, that's what's, uh, what's key. So, um, so right now, so, uh, you know, one of the big issues um, that everybody's coming up with is the fact that as, as we've been talking this entire time is there's, there's no silver bullet and organizations are getting breached and whether it's a kid in his basement or it's a, a state sponsored person, if, if they try hard enough, long enough, and they put enough resources towards it, they're going to get in some way or another. Um, so then the challenge is what happens once they're in. Um, and right now, you know, the, uh, the mean time to, to figuring out that you've been breached has gone down from oh, almost 300 days to just over 100 days. Okay. And still, 100 days of having a hacker in your environment without you knowing about it is massive, right. absolutely massive. And they can do an awful lot of damage in that amount of time. Um, so what deception is, deception really is a post-infection notification. So it lets you know, hey, you've got a problem here, and this is where the problem is. Uh, because you know, as, as you and I both know, and, uh, and I'm sure anybody that's listening knows, the bad guys are going to do all kinds of unnatural things to get past your perimeter. Mm -hmm. If you even have a perimeter at this point with everybody working from home. Right. Um, but, and, and once they get past the perimeter, they're all looking for basically the same thing, right? They're looking for weaknesses in windows. They're looking for uh, servers that haven't been patched for a while. They're looking to, uh, you know, to escalate um, their their um, uh, their permissions so they can get access to more and more important things, and that's exactly what deception war or prevents from happening. So what deception tools do is they actually project fake elements throughout your your in the inside of your network that look exactly like the real thing. So whether it's a, an, uh, an end user or a server or a file share, it looks exactly like the real thing. And, and it actually looks uh, more enticing to the user, uh, to the uh, attacker to go after so that if they, if they make the mistake of going and, but, and the thing I should have said is, is these fake or, or these, um, uh, projections sit on unused IPs. So there's no legitimate reason for anybody to be talking to them mm -hmm. unless there's a problem. So when the bad guys get in, 
um, you know, they want to they want to sneak around and they want to try to escalate their permissions. And they, the way they do that is they move laterally throughout the network and trying to find different ways to uh, to get more permissions to do more things. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as they start to to uh, to work or try to uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're trying to uh, uh, com- or communicate with with one of the um, uh, one of the fake uh, um, servers or file shares or whatever the case may be. Right away, boom! You there's an alert, mm-hmm. and you know that that there's a real problem. And the uh, the organization I work with, um, th- what they do is they as soon as the, uh, the APT or the bot starts trying to communicate with the uh, with the with the fake um, server, it captures them, black holes them, and then gives you all the forensics on where they came from. Okay. So, um, but you know, quite honestly, that's still not enough because there's there's two ty- different types of attacks once people get past your perimeter. So, so there's the reconnaissance attack, which is the one we were just talking about, mm-hmm. where where or users or where the bad guys try to move laterally and they try to up up their permissions. Um, but there's also the uh, the stolen credential attack, where you know George from accounting goes to Starbucks and and uh, he does exactly what you and I were talking about. He doesn't have to go to Starbucks anymore because he's working from home, right. and he downloads something that he shouldn't download, and he gets his credential scraped. Well, one of the things that Atibo has done is they've also have a software that for all the end users that allows them to have fake credentials in their uh, uh, put into their their uh, their. Uh, their laptop. So for every real credential that you have, you can have up to 10 fake credentials. So what they do is they make the fake credentials look way juicier than the real credential so that when they get scraped and the the bad guy then tries to get access, uh, you know, past the firewall into the, uh, into the network, the, the customer has a couple of options. They can either put those fake signatures into the firewall Mm -hmm. so that the, uh, the, the bad guy gets turned away right away and never gets access to the insides of the network, or they they can let them go through and send them directly to the deception box where they black hole them and they can actually let um, let them try to, you know let them run some of their uh, their exploits to see exactly what they're trying to do. And sometimes the bad guys will actually um, you know let you know who they are by what they're doing, and right. you can turn around and and uh, and have people arrested that way. Right. Wow. Yeah, because it sounds like a honeypot. It, you know what? It's a honeypot on steroids. Honeypots, you know, were were big and bulky, and and they used a lot of resources. Um, this is uh, is nowhere near that. It's it's it uses uh, machine learning to uh, to learn your network and to to put out the proper traps and and the bait all over the place and and. Um, and it's it's um, it's something that um, a number of customers have have put it in, and then had had red team exercises where where red teams have come in and tried to breach, and have actually spent a couple of days in the deceptive environment themselves, not knowing the difference. So it's it really is an amazing uh, and an incredibly effective way to uh, to protect yourself and to find out when when people have uh, have actually breached. Because that you know what what the deception can do is take that hundred days of, of people being in your network and change it to less than a day. Um, so that makes a huge difference as well. Yeah, and I was just kind of looking up here briefly because I know uh, there's a big conversation about like user ND behavior and analytics, right? What they're now, what you're saying is you're watching the user's behavior, right? I know uh, a lot of times now they're analyzing, you know, when they're logging in, you know, what, what the areas they're going to. And if that changes, right, they show that now that if they're normally going to and say they're IT and they're normally going to software storage locations and data and this, the, um, even say for like a cloud solution, everything where, the, you know, they're working in development, but also now they're going to HR, right? Yeah. Now they've switched. Now yeah. the user behavior kind of goes, okay, hold on, red flag. That's not their yeah. normal behavior. Oh, and, and they're logged in at 2 a.m. Because normally they're, yeah. they're here from like 8 till 6 p.m. Why are they in at 2 a.m. and it's not their normal behavior? So I think all these new technologies, and when you're talking about deception and all that, I think all these new technologies are helping to better to you know, isolate and detect. Uh, absolutely they are. And, you know, and one of the other things that not a lot of people – think about um, that is that is a huge issue is 25% of breaches are, are insiders. So whether it's, 
you know, disgruntled employees or whether it's contractors or whatever the case may be, there's, you know, so many people that have access to, uh, to get into a network, you know, an organization's network. And, and, you know, there was a time when that was really important to let other people into your network. Um, You know, whether it's a, a business situation or whatever the case may be. Well, now a bunch of them are starting to cause trouble, right. and uh, and there's no better way to find them than using deception to lure them to uh, to areas where they they get caught. Right, and and you find out that they're trying to do that stuff. Now, I mean, going through like the history and kind of learning about like you know, a lot of companies provide this where it's information like threat feeds. What are, yeah. what are the challenges around? Like, I mean, you're, you're looking at deception as a tool to be able to to monitor and to look over your environment. But a lot of times when you look at threat feeds, they're telling you methodologies and what they're doing right? and what's kind of going in the industry. And I know you were talking just briefly. There's some challenges with threat, threat feeds. What, what are those? Well, threat feeds are, are, are wonderful things once once organizations start using them, because what they do is they they they, they look for uh, known problems out in the internet. So, uh, um, so they'll they'll search the internet looking for um, bad actors. So they, they you know that that have put up uh, you know um, malicious sites and things like that. And they feed that information back to the user. But the the challenge comes in that once you start using a threat feed, um, you know, one individual threat feed can only see so much. So how many threat feeds do you need right. uh, to, to see that information? And then once once you've got, you know, the, the threat feed will give you the raw information. How do you interpret that? Where do you terminate the threat feed? Do you terminate it in your next generation firewall? Do you terminate it in your SIM? Both of which have a limited number of, of, of instructions that they can they can do at any given time. So what you're doing is you're, you're degrading the performance of your your uh, firewall or your sim by terminating the threat feeds into it then then you've got to as i said then you have to interpret the results of that threat feed and and normally that's a person that's a, you know an analyst that's sitting there trying to figure out exactly what you have to do in order to do that so threat feeds are great but they come with challenges okay. and um, so one of the products that, that i've uh, i picked up is a as a product that's called centripetal networks and what centripetal does is is they were started by a guy who used to be responsible for the security of air force one mm-hmm. obviously before this administration right. but uh right. so <laughs> so he got together with some of the some secret service guys and they they realized that this was a challenge and they've developed a um uh, an appliance now that can either be a physical or virtual appliance they did a deal with over 100 different threat feed vendors and they have over 3500 threat feeds that they aggregate into their appliance uh, allow the user to put policies around it and interpret exactly what's coming out and um, when you use this product, you can stop over 90% of the known threats that are out there in the wild. And, you know, known threats are responsible for 90% of the breaches because people just, you know, they know the threats are out there, but they just can't see them. Um, what this does is it allows you to see them and stop them from ever reaching your, your infrastructure. Wow. So a very, very effective tool. It also, uh, it also will find um, users or users that have been... Uh, um, that are that that have been breached that are now sending out information to the CNC or the command and control, so it'll stop that from happening as well. So a very very effective tool that, that uh, sounds like can it. really help. No, it sounds like it. I mean, that's that's great to be able to kind of look at that because I mean, you you look at like socks, you know, with all the security analysts and they're going through all this information, all this data, right? And it's care and feed they're constantly modifying and upgrading right and tuning up the the sim to make sure that you know the company's not getting a mass amount of alerts because maybe there's a new threat that comes out so they have to fine-tune it constantly and that's why you know you got socks that are are working 24 7 always trying to modify and adjust absolutely and and one of the one of the huge issues around uh you know for all those analysts are, are uh are are false positives there's so many false positives that they run into all the time. And, and, you know, you get fatigue from that. And a lot of them you'll just, you know, you, you, you won't pay any attention to. And that could be the one that's the real problem. Right. So, sure. uh, so this, uh, this helps stop the false positives. You know, a, a, a product like a TiVo 
prevents false positives because if uh, you know if you get a, a an alert from the Ativo box, it's because somebody is a ta talking to um, a fake uh, endpoint or server that's on an unused IP. So there's there's no false positives. And uh, mm -hmm. with Centripetal, same sort of deal, right there. They are, uh, they're stopping all the bad guys from, they're doing, you know, they're stop, they're, they're doing, um, they're stopping the, the, I guess, the easy stuff from ever reaching your infrastructure, because those are the known threats. So they're stopping the known threats from getting there. So as a result, when you get a, when you get a, an alert from your, your firewall or your SIM now, you know, it's not something that's, that, you know, isn't important. Right. It's something that it's hopefully will be important. Right. Yes, it's, exactly. It's actionable, and then you have to take exactly. some sort of detection and remediation, right? Yep. Yeah, because you've detected yep, it, sure. now you have to kind of investigate. So, no, totally, totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's quite a bit to cover even that. And I know, like, we talked about kind of SaaS applications, and, I mean, we're everyone's moving from on-prem to now cloud solutions, right, and maybe a hybrid solution or fully on the cloud now. How's yeah. that changing the security landscape? Well, you know what what's really interesting about SaaS applications and 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 how quickly they're being uh, they're being adopted now is really they abstract out a lot of your defense in depth that you've spent all this time developing because now all of a sudden you know the data is no longer residing at you know on on prem in a lot of these cases that have gone completely SaaS. Um, and so then the challenge becomes first of all where is your data because a lot of organizations will say well you know i've i've put in something like say for example a um, a crm like salesforce mm -hmm. and um, so all my all my salespeople and all my marketing people and all my you know my lead generation people are using salesforce so there's a ton of of very important information in in uh, you know in the Salesforce SaaS, well, there's 85 different um, security parameters that you have to worry about per user for for just for Salesforce and 250 uh, um, um, different parameters just for the application itself. So uh, Gartner has told us that in the last year, 80% of all security issues with SaaS have been one of three things, either misconfiguration, mismanagement, or mistakes. Right. And you can understand how these poor guys can make mistakes because they have to become, they have to become experts in every SaaS that the organization goes to. And every SaaS has its own language. So it's like, you know, you're, you're here and then, you know, somebody sends you to Eastern Europe and you have to figure out what the Eastern European language is and, and, and set things up so that, you know, every every connection has to be secure, and you can't be, right. you know, can't be leaking data, and that's a very very difficult thing to do. And you know, it's it's probably one of the major issues that we've got right now. With it is the major issue with SaaS applications is you know misconfigurations and and uh, uh, because once you know once everything is set up properly, then the SaaS provider takes care of the security. But it's a lot of organizations think, well, just because I have this SaaS application, you know, Office 365, you know, I'm, I'm good because Microsoft is taking care of everything. But they're not. If you have not set that thing up properly, you're on your own. Right. And I think that's where, where you talk about kind of the shared responsibility. Right. A lot yes. of people don't understand that, you know, guys are doing their due diligence, you know, and guys who are in the cloud kind of get that. But smaller companies and mid-sized companies that might not have the depth of the bench to speak to security, security consultants or experts in that field, assume that Amazon, Azure, whatever that may be, oh, they have security, they're taking care of us. And yes. going back through that shared model is the data center, the access to the building, the access to the servers. Yes, they're maintaining all that, the hardware, they're doing that, but what you put on that, that's your responsibility. Yeah. You have to yes. hire, you have to secure that. And a lot of times when I've talked to people about that, you can hear the, Oh no! Like, uh oh! Like, we just transferred <laughs> over. Like, what? Do you, what does that mean now? Like, what do I have to do? And having that conversation, you, you need to review it. Like, to go over. It. I had one company that had an MSP, uh, yep. an IT company that did their managed services that that had them in the cloud. Did a great job of that. But then when I asked them about security, they said we asked and they didn't really kind of respond. Like, they didn't get it back to us. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you need to assess that now because if you're intellectual property, your client data, if your financial records, if all that's online, right? And it's yes. all now in the cloud and it's not secure, 
now you're open to like being breached and a, a massive compromise. And yes, and you just yes. hear them like, okay, I got to go. I have to call them. <laughs> right. And, well, you know, and, and it, it's one of the huge issues with SaaS applications is who has access to, to, you know, to, to building out the SaaS and connections to the SaaS because every, every department in the organization, you know, they, they, all of a sudden they might need more server space or they might need something else. And, you know, the whole idea behind SaaS is to make it easy. Mm -hmm. Well, as they make it easy, as they're trying to get the new person on board or they're trying to get this going on, this going on, um, a lot of times they don't have time to worry about the 85 security settings and, you know, the, 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 um, you know, the, the priority settings that, you know, where, where there's a waterfall effect, where there's somebody who has this permission. And as a result, you know, there's other people who have uh, uh, subsets of that permission, right. but if, if they can get somebody on board faster, then that's what they're going to do. And a lot of times it has no idea. So as a result, there's, there's, or, you know, there's, there's connections out there that are totally insecure or, you know, they've got applications out there that are, that are open to the internet and, and that is happening all the time. Right. And it's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, when you look at uh least privileges rule, right. Yeah. You know, and you kind of look at that, you're just talking about what the least, least privilege is that were you part of one group and then you're part of another group and you're part of another group. Well, what does that combined permissions mean? What access do you have? And have you changed yeah. roles that someone hasn't taken those permissions away from you? Now you have access to multiple areas that maybe you shouldn't have. Right? Yes. So, yes. And and SaaS now is is the uh, the the area where shadow IT happens more than any place else, where uh, you know each each individual department might set up their own little feet them and and uh and and not get it involved at all and and there's nothing but trouble that comes from that and and you know and then the other side is compliance how do you do compliance with with SaaS applications you know there's you know, organizations will spend a ton of money bringing in analysts and, and bringing in consultants to do to make sure that compliance is done. Well, once they've spent that two hundred thousand dollars making sure they they fall, you know, compliance is good. Well, the next week everything's changed because it's a SaaS application and it can change. Mm -hmm. And so you constantly have to be watching for compliance and and uh, as well as all the connections and the shadow IT. There's just so much involved in, in SaaS applications that most organizations don't think about before they jump into them. Right, and that's true. And I mean, I know for us, for we have an MGRC program, which is Management Government Risk Compliance. And that was one of the reasons it evolved was because companies couldn't, I won't say couldn't, didn't have the time to manage yeah. a full program. They had the sweat equity of building it out. And once they build it out, then they would let it go. But as you said, yeah. there's so much change management that goes through on on-prem, in the cloud, wherever that may be. But now you have to make sure you're monitoring the, your compliance and all your policies and your governance to make sure that when the time comes, then you're getting audited at the end of the year, for example, that now you're going through and going, okay, your disaster recovery, your, your business continuity, your this, you know, is all that up to date? Your security plan, you know, all that hasn't been up to date. No, we haven't touched it for like, you know, nine months since yes. we finished this. Okay. Well, you know, I'll go get that done. Like you're like, I'm, to I'm 20 projects deep. Like, what do you want me to do? Right. The, the, exactly. the otters coming in on Monday next week. I don't have enough time or resources. So yes. that's how it evolved for us for the MGRC program was that, we were hearing that concern. We were hearing that challenge of resources of having not only experts in compliance, but even being able to maintain it and manage it throughout the year. So that what happens was the auditors come in, here's your report. Uh, you have any questions for us? We can answer that. Here's where we're up to date. And then they can move on versus companies that are like, oh my God, the, the guy's coming in. Have we been auditing? Have we been tracking our logs? You know, how long the logs have been audited? Has anyone been going through them? Like just all these things where they're like, oh my God, like, we're, we're in trouble. We're in a lot of trouble now. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I can't tell you the number of organizations I've been talking to where they say, well, yeah, I know that we're, you know, we're three quarters of the way through this uh, proof of value and, and we want to, uh, we want to bring in this new product, but we've got auditors coming in in a month and everything else stops. Right. Oh yeah. It's, it's exactly as you said. Yes. And, and it's, um, it's, it's absolute, uh, you know, and, and just the stuff we've been talking about today, 
it gives us an idea as to how crazy a CISO's life has to be or a, a security analyst's life has to be. And um, so it's, 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 uh, it's a pretty stressful situation for them. It is. And that's, I mean, that's why it's good to have like, you know, consultants and people like us that are there yes. to support, right. As a supportive role to help them take some things off their plate. Uh, Absolutely. It's pretty crazy. Now talking about resources, I know before we started this, you were talking about you do some volunteer work and help uh, some communities when it comes to cybersecurity and education. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. I, I've gotten involved in, in a, with a group called uh, the Black Talent Initiative, and it really started after the whole George Floyd thing and, and you know, Black Lives Matters and, and, um, and the whole idea behind it. There's, there's a number of initiatives here in Canada, and a lot of them are pretty splashy and, and you know, lots of high profile stuff. Um, we didn't want to be that. We, what we wanted to be was a feet on the ground type uh, organization that, that just got things done. So our goal right now is is to provide mentorships and internships for for black youth. Um, so you know, I, I when they approached me, I you know, I said, you know, in in, in the years when I was growing up and, and moving through my my career, there was nobody that looked like me who I could aspire to. Okay. Um, and um, and I think that's in a lot of situations that's a very important thing for people to have. So whether it's it's somebody to just throw ideas off, you know, how did you do this? Um, I've run into this problem. How can you help me? Um, and and uh, you know, and that's the kind of thing that we're trying to do as long as as well as um, some paid internships in some very interesting organizations. So we've we've got um, you know, there's about 150 volunteers right now. Um, we're still you know we're still trying to get it off the ground. So we're still doing a lot of the, uh, you know, the grunt work that in, that's involved in that. But we've, you know, we've got uh, people from MLSE involved, and and mm-hmm. the the uh, the Canadian, you know, the NHL's involved, the NFL is involved. Um, all the banks have participants in this whole thing, and and um, you know, it, so it's 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 exciting times. It's mostly marketing people at this point, but but um, you know, we're, there's a handful of us IT guys there trying to make sure that we we have our voice in the whole thing as well. Right. So it's a, it's an exciting initiative, and hopefully, you know, the next time we talk, I'll have some some even more exciting news for you about it. Oh, some success stories too. Yes, yes, absolutely. So now uh, through the volunteer works, just so I understand, and people are listening. Are they getting um, mentorship in the IT industry? Is that my understanding? All industries right now. We're starting in marketing, so they're getting uh, they're getting mentorships in in marketing, okay. uh, and a lot of it is some of it's sports marketing, some of it's financial marketing, uh, but just marketing in general. And then once we get that off the ground, then we're going to uh, move into all kinds of different other areas. Um, so it's it's um, you know the goal is to, uh, to uh, over the next year is to get 100 interns. Um, set up and at least 150 mentors set. Okay. Wow. Well, it's just good. I mean, then it's good that you guys are, you know, traversing different industries too, right? Because yeah. I mean, marketing you know, being in the marketing industry myself is such a saturated industry, right? For, you know, people coming up to understand it. Like when it comes to like the younger generation talking about social media and all that great to know, yeah. great to understand, but to open up your own marketing agency or kind of break out to uh, having a company, it's hard. It's, you know, because there's so many people out there, right? Absolutely. There are. Yes. And that's yes. why I was saying for security, hint, hint, IT, <laughs> <laughs> it might be you know, a good industry because the, the, the resources that are required and needed for the industry is always growing in, in all different yes. areas when it comes to security. So when you guys get that, please let me know and I'll share that out because we always need great security people, right? We always need people that in different areas because there's just so many avenues of security. It's not just, I'm just going to be a hacker or a pen tester. There's yeah. so many different areas when it comes to cybersecurity to be able to get them up to speed and have mentors. Yeah. It'd be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I think I was telling you, my son is at Sheridan right now studying IT security. So, uh, um, so I'm hoping that, you know, I can get WRI to the point where eventually he can take it over and run it into the ground. There there you go. (laughs) That's what kids do, don't they? (laughs) You you hope so. You hope so. He he has that drive, that business acumen. They they do say the younger generation jumps a lot and changes and transitions. It's not a bad thing. If anyone's watching this younger, it just, you know, to have that fortitude, that, you know, resilience for business takes a specific mindset, as, as you it know. Does. 
Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah. and that's, it's a good thing. I mean, if he has the fortitude to be able to do it good for him, because as you know, it's just, this industry is constantly growing. It is. Right. It's it constantly is. growing absolutely. and have a mentor like you to be able to mentor him through all, you know, the business development, the consulting, the working with big, large organizations as he's coming out with all the like expertise, it's kind of yeah. a great, great fit. And he'll learn so much faster. Right. Where a lot of us, had I to, hope so. A lot of us had to do it through sweat labor, right, and just be able to yes, do it on our own. Ab- absolutely, yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure, that's great. <laughs> awesome. Now, if anyone's watching this, I know uh, we've been talking a lot, and you know, if you guys have any questions, yeah, we have YouTube. You can ask a question. Um, I'm monitoring actually on LinkedIn as well. Uh, let's see what there's anything else. Any, if anyone's mentioning on Twitter, but yeah, if you guys have any questions, let us know. Uh, I know there's several people watching this right now in this feed. Um, Last question for you, Al. Where do you see the next six months going with cybersecurity? Uh, you know, it, the next six months. I, I, up until today, I thought the next six months was going to be um, was going to be people, organizations catching up on what they haven't done in the last six months. Um, but now that I'm, you know, I'm seeing that there's over 700 new cases here in Ontario, and and uh, same thing in Quebec. I'm I'm worried about another another slowdown. Um, and I was, I'm, you know, I'm dealing. One of the customers that I have is is a uh, is one of the, a credit union in Manitoba, and um, so you know they were ready to start doing some stuff, and they said, well, you know what, we can't right now because we're worried that you know wave two could really be worse than wave one so uh, so i'm i'm hoping the optimist in me says that organizations are going to try and catch up on all the stuff that they haven't done and realizing you know uh, most of them i'm sure have had issues on the security side between, you know since they sent everybody home and i'm hoping they're going to try and catch up and uh, the pessimist in me says yeah we might be looking at march again right <laughs> yeah i think that's hard i mean uh, we were talking this before the podcast that there was actually a protest in toronto on uh, Dundas Square uh, on Saturday and you know I get it like people are kind of frustrated because now everything was getting locked down but as we're talking and this is my opinion is that the hard part is is that you know how this is spreading right now is through contact and through close contact and you've got all these people now commuting you know into a you know a focused area not wearing masks doing that and now potentially sharing this around And, and you look at the spike over the weekend Right, of everyone now, the numbers, and I, I won't be shocked if the next couple of days you see the numbers go up, you know, you know, 800, 900 to 1,000, yeah, right? Absolutely, yes. And now, the, yep. now they're going to be even more locked down. It's like, you know, it's, we're at such a hard place, and I think it's people being isolated, people being kind of, you know, controlled in environments. People are getting frustrated, right? They're getting they kind of isolated. They're getting that yep. shell shock where they need to get out. They need to, you know, communicate. They need to do that. But it's 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 new times. It's not something. And I was talking to my wife about this. Uh, was it last night? You can't predict. You can't plan right now. You just you strategize for the best, and then yep. work the plan. Keep working the plan. Keep being dynamic with it because, at the end of the day, it might change. It might change again. Absolutely. It might change again. Yes. So you can't go. This is my plan for the next one year. This is my plan for the next six months, and this is what's going to happen. Because in, in one week, two weeks, it could change. Yeah. You know what? I make my plan each week Yeah, and, and, and try to work the week plan and see where it goes from there. Yeah. And I mean, for me, like I have a strategy that I'm going kind of long-term 30, 60, 90 days, kind of playing it out. And then I'm, I'm staying flexible because if it changes, then I'll modify it right? and then I'll modify yes. it and I'll keep doing that because, you know, you have to be dynamic at this point. And especially with, with all the things that we see, you know, yes. having that risk mindset, you realize that how fast you have to change. Absolutely, you do. Yes. Right. So yeah, it's kind of one sure. of those things I think for us is kind of like you breathe, you know, go for a walk, have a drink, whatever that may be. And then you, then you get back at it. You kind of go, okay, look, this is what I need to do. Yes. Yes, for sure. So awesome. Al, any, any other points you want to finish off with? No, you know what, Brandon? Thank you so much for for giving me the time today. I've really enjoyed this. Um, I hope we can do it again sometime, and and uh, I hope that everybody out there stays as safe as possible and and uh, doesn't do what I did and and click on things that you shouldn't be clicking, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and and stay safe, everybody. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things uh, now uh, I'm going to ask you this because I was I, I was looking through my notes here. Uh, where's the best place for people to contact you? 
Uh, best place would be uh, uh, email address. My email is awhite at wricanada.com. Okay, perfect. And I'll actually have that in the description, the show notes. Uh, so, you guys, so you guys can, uh, you know, reach out to Al if you have any questions about, you know, security, kind of what's going on that side, but also about your program, right, that is going with mentoring and all that. And, Absolutely. And stay connected yes, with that. love that. Because again, right now having a mentor, people transitioning, losing work, having, you know, needing help. It's good to have people that are out there that are going out and helping people right now. It really is. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's time for, uh, an, it's an, uh, an amazing opportunity to give back. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the things for myself and, you know, a lot of people that are getting my calls right now are frustrated because they think it's a sales call, but yeah. technically for me, just like we're doing right now as through this conversation, it's really about having that dialogue in the conversation. How are you doing? What's going yes. on? Is there anything that I can answer for you? Is there anything my team can answer for you? Because I know uh, the initiative for Uzada right now is to help people right now, help companies as we're going through this. You know, it's just it's it's new times. It's not pe- yeah, people. It is. People just don't know what's going to happen. So at yeah. least if they can stay secure through this, on our standpoint, at least we're doing our due care. We're caring about Absolutely. companies and we're caring about the economy. We're caring about Ontario, you know, even, you know, Canada and North America. We're doing our best to just do our part because then whenever we get back on our feet, at least the companies, you know, survived and weren't, you know, breached or hacked or compromised, which is the worst thing. And I mean, I don't know how many people you've talked to, I mean, going through a breach, but I know for me, it is like so stressful at that time, but now add everything yes. else that's going on with the pandemic. Oh, it's yes. just like, it's a nightmare and they're overwhelmed. Right. So you're overwhelmed and now you get breached. Yeah. It's like, why bother? I'm just done. Close the doors. <laughs> they can have everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> no, I think, you know what? I think you guys are doing exactly the right thing. And, and there's so many organizations out there that need the kind of help that you, you provide. Um, see when, when I call them, it is a sales call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Fortunately, we're doing more of a consultative, but I mean, people need what they need, right? Yes. Right. They need, yes. you know, and, and we're more of doing the consultative role right now. It's just because we understand, you know, the stories like for me, the conversations that I've been having with some great people hearing the stress, hearing what they yes. have to go through, hearing all that. And it's like it, it tugs on your heart. You're, you're sympathized with them. Like, I wish I could you know, help you or do more. Like, I wish I could come out to your company and, you know, help you out. But here, this is what I can do up to this point. Like I can answer questions. I can give you some guidance. I can give you like a, a roadmap just to kind of give you some ideas of where to go, things to look out for. Like here's the things yes. that we're hearing. We've talked to companies in your industry. This is what's going on right now just to keep you you know, abreast of the situation. And at least you know. You know yeah, do, absolutely. Doing those yep. things just to keep them up to date I think is, you know, it, it helps me kind of feel good about what I do versus, you know, working for older companies, you know, years ago when you're sales, it's just kind of like, doesn't matter. They need this. You need yeah, a Cisco, exactly. you need a Cisco switch. You need it right now. You need this. And it's like, they don't need that right now. They need help. No, they don't. Yes, they absolutely do. So perfect. Well, thank you so much, Al. This was great. You know, I really appreciate your time. And yeah, if you guys want to email Al, it's, it's Al White at a, a white, a white, a white. Yep. At WRI.com. At WRICanada.com. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to put that below in the description so you guys know that. And then you guys are able to email Al and just you know ask, ask him any questions. Absolutely. Brandon, thank you again. I really appreciate this. Oh, thank you. So I'm just going to end off here. So guys, thank you so much for watching this. I hope you got a lot of great information. I know we covered phishing, SaaS, cloud, uh, you know, deception, a lot of great information on how to protect yourself, especially when it goes on to cybersecurity, what's going on in the industry and the pandemic. I hope you and your family are safe right now. I know there's a lot going on when it comes to cybersecurity, the pandemic, all the different challenges that are happening. So stay safe. I hope you and your family are safe and contact myself or contact Al if you have any questions. So just don't forget, software is hackable, being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next Daily Cyber.